in-depth conversations, matchup breakdowns, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dunlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, Steelers, Jets on Sunday. I guess we don't have to go full bore into the preview now that I think about it, Colin, because we're going to be doing one of those on Friday. You're Does right. Did you get your blood pumping, though? Did you get you fired up? Jets, Steelers, a couple of powerhouses in the AFC? Maybe. I just found out <coughs> that I need a lozenger. I just found out something like an hour ago, though, that my, I might get pumped up a little more. I might get a little fired up, if you will that I'm going as a fan. This would be like the first time I go as a fan and probably since, huh, since probably I was in college uh, to go to a Steeler game and not sit in the press box. I'm, I'm take my daughter. My daughter's never been to a Steeler game. Really? Yes. So are you going to pick me up or you want me to grab you guys or how do you want to do that? No, no. Well, I'll see you there. I mean, I don't think, I think there's tickets to be had right now. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. The Well, first of all, I'm excited for you. It'll be fun. Uh, it doesn't sound like then that there'll be too many people. You should be able to have some space to yourself. I mean, are we already there? Are we seriously already there at one and two? Three weeks uh, in? Know. No, we're not there. I just had some tickets come available. Okay. So I'm there, but... Um... I'm excited. I'm excited to go. I'm excited for my daughter to go. She, Like I said, she's never been. But I do think you'll see a general deterioration if they lose this game. Oh. Which, oh, my gosh, you know. They, 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 can't, they can't lose this game, right? Of course they could lose this game, but they can't lose this game. This is, and I'm serious about this. I, I don't like being this guy, ever like being this guy, because it's sports radio, hyperbole, yada, yada. Right. This is a must-win game. They got to have it. You can't lose this game staring down everything that's ahead of them in the Dolphins and the Bills and Tom Brady and all that in the Eagles and think, yeah, this will be fine. It's probably not going to be fine either way, but it sure as bleep ain't going to be fine if you go one and three to start the year with one of those losses being to the New York Jets. No, they can't lose this game. If they lose this game, the season's over and there should be Yes. Like full on house cleaning. There won't be, but it should be meltdown mode if they lose this game. I'm totally with you. I don't know if Joe Flacco is going to play. I don't know if it's going to be Zach Wilson. I've heard conflicting reports there. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I, I don't care. First round pick, Zach Wilson, your guy, your franchise. I don't care. You're the Jets. You're not good enough right now. And the Steelers are at home. They're favored. They need to get this shiz done. And I looked around the league this weekend, and we talked about this on the Fan Morning Show. (laughs) A lot of low-scoring games around the league this weekend, culminating in what was the greatest Sunday night football contest of all time, 11-10 to the final score with the Broncos beating a team that I forget already because I fell asleep in this thing. The Steelers, I wonder. Didn't they play San Francisco? It was San Francisco. I wonder, Colin. Yeah, I was. I'm totally on it. I wonder if Mike Tomlin, because he's always talking about globally speaking. I wonder if Mike Tomlin looks at the slate of games from this weekend, sees a lot of low scores, and thinks to himself, "You know what? I'm doing this exactly the right way." That's a very interesting vantage to 
look at it from? I look at it like, wow, we're not very far. If you're the Steelers, speaking of the, the, the royal we, if you will, not very far from being there if we tinker a little bit offensively. But knowing the hubris and the way in which the Steelers carry themselves, mm -hmm. they probably walk around and say, oh, we've only given up X amount of points. We're right there. Um, we're not that far away. A little tinker here, tinker there. And man, we're alive. As opposed to full-scale change on the offense might get you something. Yeah, I'm actually more discouraged after watching this weekend. I think they'll go the other way. I'm more discouraged because I looked around the league. I'm watching these games. The Steelers' skill position players, their upper quarter of the league, good. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Firemuth, Najee Harris when he's not hurt. This is a unit that should be able to put up points, especially when you consider that the offensive line's actually been pretty good, and yet they're still not doing it. And Mitch Trubisky has turned the football over at a lower percentage than anybody in the league, and Mike Tomlin probably looks at that and goes, oh, this is great, this is wonderful, this is exactly what I want. But with the offensive line playing well, in the skilled position players that they have and Trubisky not turning the football over, they still suck on offense. You, you shouldn't be ignoring that. And in fact, if you're Mike Tomlin to ignore that as being derelict of duty. Yeah. They're not in command of the offense. That's the thing that gets me. It's not like, all right, they're doing the things they want to do. All right. But they're three and outs. It would be one thing if they went on these long drives and they came up empty with a missed field goal or they sucked in the red zone or something like that. The Steelers aren't doing Adam what they want to do. So I don't, I can't get behind all these stats of being safe. I can't, yep. you know, it, it, it's not the Naval Academy. Right. And you need to, you need to be able to score in this league to win. I know that this weekend made it look like you don't, Okay, let's see who's there at the end. I bet you it's Buffalo and Kansas City. I bet you Green Bay's found a way to put up some points along the way. I bet you the Eagles have something to say about it at the end. These are all really good offenses. And I realize the Steelers aren't going to be contending for the Super Bowl this year. But if you want to contend with the great teams to beat one here and there to make the playoffs, you've got to find a way to score points. How about Mason Cole, the new guy, Ooh. saying, I know. We don't. We didn't run much of that no huddle again in the second half. It worked in the first half. We didn't run too much of it in the second half. Man, it seems like everybody and their mother in the Steelers' offense has come out so far, Colin, and sort of taken Matt Canada to task without so much taking Matt Canada to task. All right, here here's who's taken Matt Canada to task, amongst others, amongst mm -hmm. a variety of others. Mason Cole, he's played three games as a Pittsburgh Steeler. George Pickens, who is a non-first-round draft pick who's played a couple games as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Pratt Fryermuth, who doesn't say boo. He minds his own business. He's taking Matt Canada apart. Deontay Johnson, you can expect it because there's a diva quotient to every receiver, but I'm fine with that. Those are four guys in four very different stages of their career in general points of where they are in their vocation. You have one guy that's established that try to get paid. Another guy that's kind of journeyman offensive lineman. Another guy that's a burgeoning star. And then somebody that just came into the league and skyrocketed in. And you go, I wonder what this guy's all about. 
they all can't be freaking wrong. Nope. Coming from four different vantage points. They they just they can't. And you know what? I there's a couple of football people that I trust that were defending Matt Canada this week, saying, listen, there's something open here. Mitch Trubisky missed it. Well, there's, stop trusting them then. Well, he, here's my here's my deal with that. Let's say they're right. Let's say Matt Canada is calling a good offense and it's on the players. If every single player in that locker room doesn't want to work with Matt Canada, it's a problem. It just is. And you can't switch out all those players. You can switch out a coach. Uh, whether or not he's right, they're right, doesn't matter. What matters is the majority needs to rule here because you're three games into a season and your offense sucks ass. And if you don't fix it, you're not going anywhere. And right. you're going to be two and seven before you blink your eyes. So it's a mutiny, even if it's not a mutiny. I know that there was a lot going on. Josh Roundtree said something and Andrew Filipponi and Aditi Kikabwala on Monday about the Steelers locker room. And if there was a vote, would the would the Steelers vote out Matt Canada? I don't care about that. What I know is the guys that I've heard talk have all criticized Matt Canada. Publicly. So publicly. That, right. It's not behind a veiled curtain. It's not off the record publicly. And the one guy we haven't mentioned is the starting quarterback who wasn't scathing, but also talked about the plays that he was that were called that he had to run. So, I'd love to have Mitch Trubisky over a beer and say, listen, no cameras, no microphones, no nothing. It feels like he's trying to keep it together so as to not rock the boat and yeah. do the best thing for the team and the foot soldiers. Like That's what Mitch Trubisky feels like to me. But it's just uh, everything you just said makes a lot of sense. What I do know is this. You can when you take the account of the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room and there's all the boxes and you say it's like whenever you stay at a hotel or you go to a restaurant, and there's the check boxes. A very uh, it was, I was very I, I liked it. I, I loved it. I was very disappointed. Average, whatever. You can eliminate the very happy box. <laughs> it's just not a it's it's not a feasible uh, it's one a box that you check right now. If people are crowing crowing to various degrees, we can eliminate the fact that it's harmonious in there. We know absolutely. That. And my concern the whole time has been okay if there's acrimony between the offensive coordinator and the players on the offense. How long is it going to be before there is a schism between the defense in its entirety and the offense? Because if I were on the defense, I'd be getting pissed off right now because they haven't been perfect, but they feel like they do need to be perfect. And that's when Mike Tomlin could be in danger of losing this team for the first time. Now, I don't know that the defense will get to that point because the defense has leaders. The defense has Cam Hayward. The defense has Minka Fitzpatrick. The offense is so young. I don't know that there are real leaders on that offense. Nobody knows where to turn, I would imagine, to look. M Mitch Trubisky could be that guy, but he's been the quarterback here for three games. Like who Who is the leader of the offense that's going to keep this thing from spiraling out of control? I, I don't think there is one. That's a pretty good call. The, generally, I mean, for the last decade and a half, you could lean on the quarterback. If not, right. you could look at any of the linemen maybe even a receiver to play that role. Uh, even if one wasn't truly a great leader, they faked it or tried. Um, I think maybe Fryer is trying to be. It's not necessarily in his nature. 
but they're absolutely they're lost. They don't have a leader on offense. Colin, I did something on Sunday that made me not feel good on Monday, and then I did it again. I'll tell you what that is coming Jeez, up next. I you were married. It's fourth down in the Steel City.